All right. And I think we are going to stream live this video. Um, it's like the first episode of this new show called Good Folks. And you're the first guest. We're trying to celebrate this new show with having Jihad. Um, Vladimir. Am I going to call you Vladimir or your, your, second, your second name, your family name? Well, you can call me Jihad or Vladimir. A lot of people call me Vladimir, especially the ones who follow me on Facebook. But I prefer Jihad Delicious because the, the name Jihad has a lot of amalgamous meanings to it. So I made it for, on Instagram. I went on Instagram. I'm like, how can I make this name cute? So I was like, Jihad Delicious, you know? Jihad Delicious. Yeah, Jihad Delicious. That's probably so that. one of the most creative, <laughs> unique names ever. Jihad Delicious. And it's very simple. It's very... Everyone can understand what delicious means. Yeah. You know? But what, what do you mean with delicious? Like, uh, because I was thinking, I'm, I'm brown and I'm like a chocolate. So I was like, Jihad Delicious, okay. you know? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's not get into that. <laughs> All right. So... Um, so yeah, that's mm -hmm. like the first episode. We want to celebrate it ha by having you, Jihad, like to talk about uh, who Jihad is and mm -hmm. what you do. And you're also one of the, um, you're a very special person. What you do is very special in Algeria. Like because I think people who know you enough, they know that uh, you're very into uh, spirituality and uh, trying to understand uh, the concept of human energy, mm. right? Yeah. And I have this question I want, I want to ask you because I know that you, you, you've read and done some research about all of, the, all of this. Uh, do you believe that um, we are able to feel the energy of other people, like positive energy or negative energy, like when you're around a person and they're complaining all the time or someone who's like very cheerful? And we, we, we tend to feel that, right? Yeah, we tend to feel that. And it's got a biological explanation to it from the polyvagal theory by Stephen Porges. Okay. Well, the explanation would be, well, I made a YouTube series about it. I don't know if you're aware of that. Mm -hmm. I made a YouTube series about it called the, po the Emotional Renaissance. So my idea was like, oh, so what happened in the Renaissance? So those Italians and, you know, they, they brought up the old, gr the ancient Greek and Roman, you know, architecture and all of these figures. And then they re okay. re renewed them. And they, it's a, like a Renaissance, Renaissance from the French. Uh, yeah. So I was like, let's, let's do this about emotions. Because when we developed, when you study the works of Robert Moore and uh, Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell also, uh, and even um, Gillette, who is a very close friend of uh, Robert Moore, they studied biology and how humans, basic psychological, which are broken down into biological because the biology induces the psychology, you know, induces information to the to the psychology for example all right hunger uh -huh. is very psychological you know when you think about that you're like let's say let's say you have your personality like this you're like oh i'm jihad mahamdi i'm 25 years old i'm an english teacher i talk about these things but and i'm a very calm person i like to make jokes but when once i'm angry or hungry or b both hangry you know once i'm hungry my personality breaks down into one thing, which is me being hungry. Everything I want to get is about my, my stomach, you know? Yeah, you get very s distracted and it's very hard for you to do any other thing, to think about any other thing besides uh, being hungry and how you're going to get food. Exactly, and that becomes a psychological scheme. Like uh, you've got a map, you've got that map to, you know, you arrive to your, uh, to your goal. So everything, all of your interactions, everything becomes uh, revolved around that. So what do I mean by coming back to your question, mm -hmm. like energy? When a baby is born, okay, so when a baby is born, it's born and it, whether it's a male or a female, it does not differentiate between uh, it and its mother. Like even a male baby would be like, oh, this is me. When, he's, when, it, sees his, when it sees its mother, it, it'll be like, oh, that's me. That's me. That's literally me. It, it doesn't have an ego thing. At what age? Uh, it, it's like from age zero to like uh, two years old. All right. Yeah. And this is from the polyvagal theory. If you study the works of Stephen Porges, polyvagal, because they study the, the, uh, the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is this nerve that deals with emotions and emotional regulation. Okay. Okay. So, for example, let's say a baby is crying. A baby cannot say, I'm hungry, cannot say, I'm in pain. It just cries. cries yeah. And then it's up to the mother. This is why the, mother, the, the females 
are very attuned to their baby. It's up to the mother to translate, to interpret the, 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 the emotion of the baby. Exactly. This is what, hap what happens is that we've got what we call neuroception. Okay? okay. When the baby is crying, the neuroception, we've got perception and neuroception. Neuroception is more related to the nervous system, the unseen things. Like, for example, if, he's, if it's crying and then its mother is like, stop crying or you're annoying me, blah, blah, blah. The baby will be like, oh, I should not cry. And then it goes into trauma shutdown. Okay, uh, uh, I can't go into that right now because it took me like uh, five videos or 30 minutes to, uh, talk, to explain, to explain this. Yeah. So uh, like trauma, tra what trauma basically is. And you can tell people where they can find more information about that. Yeah, go on Jihadalicious on my bio. You can find my link, the link to my YouTube channel. It's called uh, Seeds of Algeria. And right. You can find all of these because I've made a, a whole course and explanation about the polyvagal okay. theory. So what happens, trauma is basically a, uh, the nervous system being blocked. Like you've got an emotion that needs to leave the body and this is a biological mammal thing to do to the, um, the electrical charge from the nervous system needs to leave the body. Mm -hmm. But what we tend to do in our modern day society because we think a lot, we have a lot of intellectuality, we block it. We're like, oh, I shouldn't express this. And for the baby, when it's like, oh, I'm crying, I need this. And then, but my mother, my caregiver, uh, is not showing me the safety and safety is related to what we call the ventral nervous system okay uh, the ventral nervous system is actually the, the um, not the ventral nervous system excuse me it's the ventral vagus nerve the ventral vagus nerve is related to social engagement like it detects uh, visual uh, visual cues of safety and mm -hmm. connection when its mother is like like giving him all of these micro facial, facial expressions of disconnection, the baby of will go hostility. Into, yeah, baby, the baby will get into trauma. It'll be like, oh, there's the world is not safe. Yeah. But what should the parent do? Like, if you're if you were a parent, okay, mm. and your baby or your kid does something wrong, yeah. how are you going to show them that this is wrong? Yeah. If if you're not gonna, you know, like show like a very angry face exactly so there are plenty there is this this question has many layers like it depends on the age like for, for example if a, a little baby oh, okay yeah if a little baby does something wrong there's obviously a very different uh, uh map to deal with it but if your child is four years old and gets a grasp of the world and all of that. Because a baby basically, the only ref mus muscular reflex, that's the strongest muscular reflex uh, in a baby is the, the lips, the, the facial, the, this area here. Because it, it, the first thing that a baby does is suck. Yeah, you know? It's like suck the, the, you know, the, the milk out of its mom's uh, breast. And that is like the first thing, the first reflex. And then the hands, they start, you know, this is the work from, uh, uh, Jean Piaget. Jean Piaget talked about the developmental process of a baby, like which muscle starts developing and etc. Right. See? Yeah. So with a with a baby, you can't really show it that it's wrong because you, you you can only show it that it's safe, whatever it's feeling. And the what's what's very complicated about this is that now that we became in a Okay, let me rephrase this. Now that we live in a society that focuses on intellectuality, the mother, the, actually the mother is not in her body. So this is the concept of polyvagal theory. The polyvagal theory, it gets you in touch with your heart and with your sexual organs, which gives you feedback to the brain and you can have this sort of like intuition to deal with other people. And this is where energy comes from. So the baby, for example, the baby that grows up with parents who do not show, show it love and security, will, the way it would feel energy, like, oh, someone came in the room and it, like, we feel this energy, like, from someone. Uh, in, yeah. uh, in, in, like, in Algeria, we say, uh, I don't know, its angels are heavy, like, uh, yes. Malaika yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is how we, we say it. And what that means from a biological standpoint is that the, the microfacial expressions remind the neuroception of the person from the past that, oh, this is not safe. I can recognize this from the past mm -hmm. and I've been through this and this makes me feel unsafe.
you know? Right. And that's like, uh, we've got a lot of things to do in order to work with this, which is uh, the works of Wilhelm Reich and uh, Alexander Lowen, which is body-based therapy. And this is what I've been doing. I'm someone with social anxiety. You know, I have severe social anxiety. Sometimes it creeps up. Sometimes I deal with it. But there are there is a like uh, a method to the madness when you study these things. Right. Yeah. A lot of people are 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 are, are have are complaining about social anxiety these days. But um, to be honest, I never I don't really experience that. Mm. Um, but it always fascinates me when people when when like it holds them back even from leaving home. Like when someone who's who has like very severe social anxiety, they just don't want to, you know, they don't want to get up from bed. And uh, I'm not sure if you experience that, but do you do you provide any tips for people like to deal with social anxiety? Yeah, yeah, I experience it. I experience it a lot. Like for example, last last two weeks, I've been experiencing it a lot. Well, what happens is that okay. So let me break this down uh, as fast as I can. In the nervous system, we've got the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight mechanism of the okay, nervous system, yeah. like the aggressiveness, yeah? When there is danger, you've got flight or fight. You fight or you flee, y yeah. yeah? And then we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the, uh, the nervous system that deals with calm and regulation, yeah? Rest and digest and sometimes shut down. So when we feel like, when we, it's al it always goes back to the baby and how the baby uh, was raised. L like, when a baby is feeling unsafe, like in the beginning of its life, okay. that will, the repercussions of that will be social anxiety, general uh, anxiety, OCD. So lack of safety. Lack of safety. This is why... But sometimes, sometimes it's people who have been raised uh, by by parents who are very obsessed with making their child very safe. So so the child didn't get the chance to go outside and experience real life and deal with bad people and deal with uh, different obstacles in life. And so when they grow up, uh, they're kind of like still dependent on their parents. So they get social anxiety. That's 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 uh, that's how I, how we think about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's the right way to, to think about it. So this is why I told you earlier that there are different. Like when it's an infant, you deal with it, you only show it safety. But then there is the concept of initiation. Okay. This is, uh, Carl Jung talks about this a lot. Even uh, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. Mm -hmm. Like the archetypes. Okay, let me, let's, let's yeah, go. The idea of the archetype. He talks about, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. About symbolism. And these days I've been like diving deeper into this. I've been studying, like yesterday I've been studying, uh, two days ago, I've been studying the, the symbol of the dragon. Like the dragon, why does the dragon exist in almost every culture? Because the dragon is like a snake on steroids. The word dragon comes from the ancient Greek word drakon, which means snake. But the dragons, uh, did they really exist? No, they didn't exist. It's s the dragon is a symbol of grandiosity. Even in the time of dinosaurs, they, they never existed before? Maybe they did, maybe. But uh, I, re I, I highly sure doubt that. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's like a flying animal who like spits fire. And yeah, like everyone would be dead by now. <laughs> you know, you can't survive that. You know, unless yeah. they, unless the druids really existed. Do you know the druids? No. Uh, you've heard about this, druids. Druids are like magicians, for, Gaelic magicians, who came from, uh, from a far land to Ireland and Scotland. And there, is, there, is like a, there are some traces of them these days. Um, in Ireland, there are sects and uh, cults called uh, the new, the old Gaelic order, where they like tell you about the history of druids who lived for like three thousand years ago in Ireland, and who used to have telepathy and magical powers. And in the scriptures, they explain how the Stonehenge, you know, Stonehenge, like those big stones on top of one of one another in England and in in the Gaelic lands. They say that they were built to protect the Druids from, uh, from a reign of meteorites. Like they were fighting fairies, and fairies in those uh, scriptures are actually demons. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Crazy, you know? Fairies are, uh, are depicted these days, are like, oh, very cute. But they're actually demons. They will kill you, what man. Do, what, do they say, what do they say about this? Like, well, when was this, like, happened? Like, this thousands happened and thousands uh, right before the destruction of the Tower of Babylon. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because the Carpathians are, uh, if I'm, I don't, now this here is like, no, I, I mean, might be wrong about According to this. them. Yeah, according to them, the Carpathians came from Babylon and they uh, situated themselves in Ireland, in the Gaelic lands. And one of the languages, like for example, if you study the, you know, the story of Babylon, the Tower of Babel, they built it to communicate with God. They were like, oh, who's this God? Let's go and communicate with him. They built it and then they went there and then uh, God, this day was called the day of the confusion of tongues. God like confused their tongues. Everybody, everybody started speaking a different language. Okay. Yeah? And Gaelic is actually one of the languages that was that were produced by that. Mm -hmm. Like some say it's Gaelic, Syrianic, and uh, I think um, I think it's uh, another language. I think it's Turkic language, like the Asian languages and all of that. So what, what happened there, this is a crazy story to tell because like, I kind of feel uncomfortable to tell it, but let's do it. I, I love that. I was fascinated when I knew about this. Uh, so basically the word Bab Babel, like if you study like the, all of the three books, yeah, the three religious books, yeah, let's not dive deep into religion, but this, only this part. The, Abraham, the Abrahamic religion. The Abrahamic religions. They say, Belbela is actually the, the, original, the origin of the word Babylon. Babel, you know? Yeah. Belbela. So they started speaking different languages and, and they couldn't communicate with one another. Okay. And some say, I don't know, I don't know about this, some say that it's, it was telepathy before they started speaking languages. So a language is actually a de degeneration of, human, of the human ca oh capabilities. <laughs> you know? I think Crazy. I think People can like, they can embellish their words and all of that. <laughs> You're yeah. going to destroy, I mean, with this theory is going to destroy a lot of like different theories of Terrence McKenna when he was talking about how language is actually uh, the, the, the second force of evolution. At first yeah. evolution was biological and then the second form of evolution, it became expressive. Mm. You know, people started speaking and then, then language started expanding, coming up with different words. Um, and then we started making friends and having enemies because of those expressions. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it's, it's some sort of evolution. So if there was some kind of telepathy before where people like, didn't, didn't need the verbal uh, expression, they would just like, like, we're having this podcast, they were just silent, you know? And they would and hear us and through. Yeah, and, and, uh, and like, you know what's going on in my mind and you're going, and like, no one can lie and <laughs> crazy. Well, Terence McKenna, he, he truly did say that the world is made of syntax. I don't know if you've read the book, the book called uh, Food of the Gods by Terence McKenna. He actually talks about Algeria being the first uh, shamans. The first shamans who used uh, mushrooms were Algerian. Did he say Algeria? He said North Africa, I guess. North Africa and Algeria. If you study the book, there is a whole chapter where he talks about Tasil i Najar and where those scriptures in Tasil i Najar was from, were from mushrooms. Like there was this woman, the first ever shaman that ever existed in the world called the, the woman with the face of the bee. And she would uh, like ferment these mushrooms inside of honey and uh, they would transform into alcohol and people would drink it and they would dance and then they get into these like explosive psychedelic dreams and they would draw them on the on the Tasili Naja. So this is from the book. But also, he contrib contri contradicted himself like three years ago. I was like, yeah, he, he contradicted himself a little bit because he was talking about ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, actually, when oh you- Oh man, I love the ayahuasca. I, I mean, I never tried it, but I heard a lot too, of yeah. good stories about it. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's for people who don't know what the, the ayahuasca is, it's actually a plant used for uh, LSD. Um, and it, it grows only in Latin America. Mm -hmm. I think in, in places like the Amazon, Brazil, Argentina, the Peru. Um, there are actually, they're actually uh, I'm not sure if it's in Argentina or Peru, like people, a lot of visitors go there only to experience the ayahuasca. Mm. And uh, there are many different stories about it, different rumors, you know, in research about mm. the ayahuasca. Um, they say that when people take the plant, they start seeing their, uh, like, dead people they knew. Mm. Um, like if, for example, you have a member of your family who died before and you're, you're still traumatized or something, you take mm. the ayahuasca and then you, you start seeing them in your dreams and uh, your, uh, in the daylight. It's crazy. They feel like they're talking to them. Mm. And this, uh, I'm not sure if it's legal there. I don't have uh, much information, but it's this drug uh, there are certain drugs who do very fascinating and uh, weird um, impact, mm. really weird impact on people.
Exactly, yeah. Well, ayahuasca, <laughs> well, yeah, what you said. Well, let me give you my opinion, and then my personal subjective opinion about ayahuasca. It's something that I uh, realized eight months ago. Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca is actually demonic. That's what I believe. Demonic? Deep. Yeah. How? So and why? Ayahuasca, in the language, it, it means the spirit of the mother. Uh, not the spirit language? of the woman. Which it's language? in their language. It's the Aztec language. Okay. The ancient Aztec. Okay. Because you can't take ayahuasca just like that. You need a shaman, that those type of women that that are that have tattoos, and they would sing a song called Ikaro. Shaman, you mean like the the, uh, the the woman who are like members of the tribes? Yeah, the sages of the tribe. Okay. The shaman, the magician. They would give. They would light How up. How are you gonna find someone like that? You can Do find them there. Exist? Yeah, they still exist. People take it like that. They go and take ayahuasca through ceremony. So they light up uh, like 40 candles, I guess. They exist, really they exist inside tribes that are just like living like the ancient people or yeah. they're just a bunch of like a teacher or, or a doctor who's uh, at night, they just like paint themselves and they go. No, they are, tr like they are really they are yeah, rural. And if you, if you type on YouTube like uh, ayahuasca tr uh, ceremony, you'd see like a shaman with tattoos and blowing. You've got, you've got it? Okay, we're gonna try yeah. it. Try it out. So ayahuasca, Sh shaman ceremony, ceremony and shamans. Yeah, it says like the ayahuasca ceremony involves drinking uh, the hallucinatory plant, vine, tea blend under the guidance of respected shaman. That's shaman. That's how it's called. Shaman. Sh shaman. It's British, like the okay, shaman. For the long nights spent in deep connection to a higher intelligence and an understanding at one's true self. A typical ayahuasca ceremony is a full night. The trip can last up to five hours. So they just, they just spend five hours, five man. hours <laughs> yeah, uh, celebrating. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so, so what do you think about these drugs and what they do to people? Do yeah. you think that like, people should have the right like, to experience them? Yeah, so let me can finish my point because I'm yeah, going sure. there. Okay. Like I said, it was demonic. So this is for me. I would never take it. Okay, good. So, the name is ayahuasca. Ayahuasca means the spirit of the woman. Why? The spirit of the woman, why do they call it like that? Because once you take ayahuasca, they light up candles, okay, like 40 candles, you sit, and then the shaman starts like uh, playing with these uh, plants. Like you drink the black brew, and then you wait. And then what happens, you throw up and you defecate at the same time. When you defecate, you start having these hallucinations. Uh, yeah. And then at the end of the journey, of this psychedelic journey, well, mind you, the word psychedelic comes from Greek. Sika, the psyche, psyche. Delia, which means out. It's the getting out of the psyche. You get it out and you see. Like you have a thought. Like if you, if you imagine, like say, narcissistic, you would actually see a form of narcissism. You see it. It's, it, uh, so, so that's what it does, like it, it actually um, like depicts whatever you're thinking about, it makes them in a, for, in a physical form and then you can actually see them. Exactly, and that's the, if we go back to Carl Jung's archetypes and all of that, you see all of the archetypes like uh, uh, being formed in front of your eyes. And then that, what, what happens by the end, a woman comes to them and this woman gives them uh, a piece of advice about their life. Like if you've seen in the podcast of Joe Rogan, there is Graham Hancock. He's the guy who studied, he's an Egyptologist. And he went to, to, the, to the jungle. He went to, and drank the, the brew, like the black brew of the jungle. And he actually met that woman. And she, gave, she told him to stop uh, smoking weed. And in Arabic, we call that l-iha. Okay? So I'm just going to stop there because it's not my field of expertise. But that's just my opinion. And then, like, in psychedelics, it's actually, like, all of these psychedelics, they, for me, they can be good, okay? But they can be very detrimental. People are taking these psychedelics just like that. Psychedelics, okay, so if you study the chakra system, which I believe in from a biological level, okay? Like, we've got seven chakras, in the body, and uh, except for the seventh, it's the spiritual chakra, okay? Yeah. So we've got Muladhara, which is the first chakra, uh, Swadhisthana, Manipura, 
uh, Anahata, Vishuddhi, Ajna, and Sahasrara. Okay, so these are seven chakras. They start from uh, from below to the, do yeah, the yeah. top of the head. So, if you study the works of Wilhelm Reich and uh, Alexander Lowen, you would understand that we have four main energies, which are sex energy, heart energy, mind energy, and spirit energy. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, as I said in the beginning, I said that we live in a society that is highly intellectual. We needed that, yeah? We needed that. But now, I think that we should go back a little bit uh, to the tribal ways of living. With moderation, of course. We can't, we can't just be doing like, uh, you know, dancing all night and doing all of that, yeah, go hunting. So what parts of the tribal livings that, that you miss and you think that people should like go back to? Exactly. So this is where Robert Moore, where Robert Moore comes uh, into play because he's got this uh, very, very uh, elaborate way of explaining this. He says there are these archetypes that you... I, don't, I think I'm actually drifting off right now, but let's carry on, yeah. yeah okay. So he's got these archetypes. You still haven't explained how the ayahuasca is actually demonic, but... Uh, I don't want to explain it. Yeah, I don't want to explain it because I feel it, like I feel it now, it's in my, my heart energy, it's a feeling, but for now, I, can't, I don't really have the way to articulate it. This is, this but is you why know that the ayahuasca has been used for a long, long time. It's mm. been used like for years, years. Like before, before the, it was used by those tribes. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure. And when I, when I think about the word demonic, I think that it has to be bad, right? Demonic. So it has mm. to be bad. It comes like from demons. It's like very evil thing. But mm. I'm not sure what's, what's, uh, what's bad about it. Yeah, I'm going to explain this, okay? So when I said that we need like initiations and all of that, we need to go back to the way tribes used to live. The tribes used to be very connected to sex energy. They didn't have tra a lot of traumas around sex. And they had the heart energy into place because they were communities. All they, right. they, didn't, they were not cut off from one another just like we are right now emotionally mm -hmm. like emotionally we are cut off like it's very detrimental yeah yeah so what happens is that they developed they had a healthy understanding of their sex energy and of their heart energy okay doesn't mean they were weak uh, very highly emotional which is a very wrong thing to do when i talk about emotions a lot of people think oh so you should be weak and follow your emotions. No, don't follow your emotions. Feel them and then discharge the energy of the emotion and then you can ascend to the mental, okay? You can have a balanced energy. Since, like, psychedelics, they work with the mental and the spirit energy. This is called the transcendental object. Like, they, when you take a psychedelic right. substance, it doesn't work on your heart. It doesn't work on your sex energy. It works on your mental psyche it's very abstract it's not physical and the spirit and you start exploring these things okay so the, Terence McKenna himself calls them machine elves and which I think they are spirits you know mm -hmm. this is my personal belief and from what I've studied and from what people say about DMT dimethyltryptamine and all of that these are basically spirits communicating with you maybe they can I don't know like uh, <laughs> that's that's me so when you but keep taking... it doesn't have to be spirits. That, that's the problem. It doesn't exactly. have to be spirits. It doesn't have to be spirits. But... Delusion exists. Ex Hallucination exists. You're just yeah. seeing things that they are not there. It's just Good. your mind playing with you. So they don't have to be an external being outside, like a yeah. spirit. Because when I think about spirit, it's an external being. It's a, it's a thing yeah. that's alive. It's outside. Exactly. But like maybe just your mind is playing with you. Yeah, that's why you should not take ayahuasca and psychedelics. Because... You, you are not grounded in reality. You have, like people, I'm talking, like I'm saying this, and I'm thinking of several people who take drugs, and they have mental problems, and they take, drug and take drugs, and they're like, oh, why am I like this? Well, you're fueling that delusion and this imagination that is not grounded in reality. And the way to ground in reality is by doing the work from the polyvagal theory, connecting to your emotions, and then connecting to the ground and to the sex energy. Okay. Yeah, because when I say grounded, I literally mean being grounded. Like, for example, if, uh, um, let's say, okay, so I'm going to go deep a little bit. These days, I've been telling people that we should accept the concept of war. 
we should expect war to happen, and we should think about it all the time. Why? Exactly. This is part of the shadow integration. Okay. Because chaos can only be controlled when, when, prepare, when it's being prepared for. Like, if I, for me, I'm, an, I'm a victim right now because I didn't prepare for the pandemic and I'm suffering the consequences. Why? Because I was very oblivious of this. I, and my father used to say, hide the money, prepare it for the hard times. I didn't. And that was why, because I was delusion. I was not grounded in reality. I had all of these aspirations mm. for the future. And why, do I, why am I talking about war? But I'm not sure that you can be prepared about, uh, for everything all the time. Sometimes things that can like, exceed. I don't know. Did you watch Mr. Robot? No, no. Yeah. I okay. didn't watch it. It's a series. Yeah. It's a series. And I remember in the second season, I think that the, the guy was like very obsessed mm. with being prepared all the time. Like he, he's, this, he's this kind of person who gets really mad. They feel, he feels like very angry at himself if things, uh, if things mess up and mm. he didn't see them coming. Yeah. And so once he was very disappointed, he was very depressed, I guess. And he met this um, wise uh, African-American uh, sitting in his office. And then the, what the African-American was telling him is that uh, control is uh, as delusional as the, the uh, what do we call it? the horse with the horn? The horse with the horn. Uh, I, I forgot what they call it. The unicorn. The unicorn. Yeah, the unicorn. It's yeah. as fake as the unicorn. Uh -huh. And then he started explaining to him why control is actually fake. He said, like one time, mm. my 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 wife was driving uh, was driving my car, and mm. she put the seat belt. She respected all the street signs and everything, but she crashed and she died. It wasn't her mistake, it was someone else's mistake who was driving in a car and then they crashed. Mm. He said like she was prepared, she was prepared. She put the seat belt, she was driving safe, she, she respected the, the street lights, everything was great. But then because of the mistake of someone else driving a car, they crashed and she died. Mm. So, so you can't say that you can prepare for everything in your life. Yeah. Sometimes things just get out of your control and, of and it's not on, it's, they're not on your hands. Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, it's, it is getting out of your control. Coronavirus, but I don't think anyone expected coronavirus. Exactly. No one expected that. But we should expect... So this is... The, okay, so let's go into the Platonic uh, uh, philosophy. Coronavirus is part of the whole. It's, it's a participant in the chaos. Because the main thing is chaos here. Yeah. I'm talking about chaos. You should... War, pandemics... Uh, financial like like re recessions and all of that those are part of the chaos and you should take chaos and bring it into consciousness because now if you go to people like and talk tell them hey you should like uh, do stuff prepare for what maybe stuff is coming prepare for the worst yeah prepare for the worst maybe you can die preparing but at least you've been doing the, the thing, yeah? The thing fam, yeah? But that's a bad thing to die preparing. Like he, he tries yeah, to very bad. But you can't, you know, you have to prepare. You can't just be ungrounded in reality. This is what I learned, like, personally. And, uh, for example, I, the death of a loved one. Like, I was in a relationship and this girl died. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't, like, it's, you know, people who, who were condemned by... Uh, execution. They were, they were about to get to be executed. Yeah. Uh, like this is Doshin, the, it's a Zen master. He was talking about these people. They interviewed them and he said that those people who were about to get uh, like the execution done on them, they were like, yeah, I'm going to go like, they will execute me and then I'm going to come back and tell you about it. Why? Because they, they know they were going to be executed, but they did not believe it. And people, you tell them, hey, there is a concept of, the concept of chaos. Something would happen. And they'll be like, yeah, but, you know, that was in the past. That was history. Well, man, history repeats itself. In, even uh, if you study the sociology, the, uh, the father of sociology, which is, excuse me, which is um, Ibn Khaldun, yeah? He said, hard times make strong men. Strong, strong men, men make uh, easy easy times, yeah. and then easy times make, make a strong weak man. men. Weak men, and, and then, then weak, weak men, men 
make, make hard times. Exactly. Yeah. And let's be honest, we are <laughs> like if we compare ourselves to the past, the past men, how they used to live and all of that, they were prepared like my, our fathers. They're like, hey, they're all about being careful. Yeah, they're like, hey, do this, do that. And you're like, come on. And I would be like going to Tizi Wuzu and spending the money and eating with my friends and all of that. I think it's uh, also rooted in our culture. Like, for example, you hear mm. a lot of tho- those sentences outside when people, like, you're, you're, you're trying to prepare for something and they look at you and say, like they are, like yeah. they are so against being prepared for the worst. Exactly. You know, and I, I think we have a lot of sentences, like a lot of expressions <laughs> like that. Mm, we're related we, to that. Yeah, yeah, we hate people who are serious <laughs> with their lives. We don't like people who are serious with their lives. We hate that. Yeah. We, we, we want like to be around people who are just like very careless. Like just, just have fun, man. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, I think it affects um, our lifestyle. It affects uh, the work. The, the work ethics in, in companies, it affects uh, like our mood at schools when we don't, we don't go to school and stu- we study seriously, we don't take things seriously. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where this is going, but, I, but it certainly affects the culture, I guess. Yeah, a lot. And that's because we have a lot of shadows. And this is how the concept of the shadow, like it's very cl- cliche to talk about it, but I've come to an understanding that is not cliche about the shadow. And this was one week ago, okay, and I'm going to tell it right now. Why did I talk about war? And talking about war is something icky to talk about. Like, uh, people are like, what's, what's this bloke on about? What is he on about? What's wrong? You, are you mental, fam? Yeah? But if we don't talk about war and the possibility of war, like in particular, it's part of the whole chaos and the participant of chaos is war. This is a Platonic idea. Plato used to say that we don't look about the concepts, but we look for, uh, we look for the, the whole. Like he explains this idea by saying, if all the, the red things in the world are finished, they end, the concept of redness will still exist and it will manifest itself in reality once again. Yeah? And this is the same thing, like war. If we say, oh, war does not exist, fam. But then... Explosions. People have start having hard time and all of that. It depends on what kind of war. I think that the the world is changing actually, and the world mm. is no uh, is no longer like physical and militarily. I think that it's uh, slowly shifting to biology, like biological war, like war with disease, war with information. Mm. You know, like hacking your whole system and break everything down. Like th- like I think that there will come a time where. Sending rockets and tanks and they're just outdated. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think they will, will move into that. Like we're seeing it. Like for example, last time mm. I was I was hearing the uh, the testimony of the uh, Microsoft, uh, uh, Amazon, uh, Twitter, and Facebook next to the American Congress, and uh, it's like they're so worried that these companies are become so giant that they're controlling everyone's information. Like they have every Facebook has grown so much, man. Facebook is now like influencing elections. Like they can, they can um, destroy someone's campaign easily and promote someone else. Like all in Facebook through different accounts, through hashtags on Twitter. You know, mm. um, and I think it's changing. War is changing. The concept of war, of war. Is, is 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 changing. Mm. And what do you think? Like the next war would be like a be precise. What do you think? I think it's going to be digital. Mm. I think it's slowly being be becoming digital. Is it like a is AI included? Of course, there is the economy. Like mm. when you when uh, when uh, like when some countries like decide to ban other countries, like dealing with them and and exchanging services and products. Like of course, that's understood. But there is also the, the, the digital war when you're trying to ruin someone else's reputation, uh, whether president or or, uh, or because. We live in an age of democracy, right? Where mm. people decide. And how do people decide? How do people decide if uh, there is uh, like a good per- if 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 uh, if a politician or someone or a, or a public figure is actually a good person or not? It's by following them and what they say. And uh, usually, this is this happens on social media, right? Mm. Following their Facebook or and if you got like an army on social media who is trying, who is working so hard to ruin that person's reputation, you know? And then out of the sudden, like, they, they crash him, actually. Mm. Yeah. And they promote someone else. So, 
So I, I, uh, you don't need to go and kill a person. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to, uh, you don't need to put poison in their food. Mm. You know, you don't need to do all that in order to shut them up. You actually, you can do that through social media. Just come up with something propaganda against them, and you're gonna shut them down. They're gonna like, ooh, they yeah. just, they're just gonna be, yeah. It's a, uh, it's different age, and I think, uh, I think we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing it, yeah. Do you think AI would be included in this? Like, like let's say, like in ten years, like new technology like emerges. I'm not very familiar with the, with the AI, but I think. Me too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm. I like the idea of AI when uh, they emerge with a human being, like a human imagination, when you can actually. I think. Could be toy. I mean, now that I can associate the, the the two thoughts, maybe it could be a replacement for ayahuasca, the AI, because ayahuasca, what what it does is that it 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 um, it translates your thoughts into mm. like a physical matter, so that you you see your dead family. And what if AI can do that? What if like you just I yeah. don't know, put your head on sleep in this like machine, and then you can actually, you enter some world, you can actually see things and taste things and feel things and... Uh, uh, that's crazy, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't like that to happen. Would you like that to happen? Why not? N because it's unnatural. It's unnatural? Yeah, everything that's unnatural will kill us from the inside. Like, we have to be in contact with nature. We have to. If we want to be humans, real humans, we have to be in contact with nature, meaning the sexual natural rhythms of procreation, which are we are not living. We don't have that. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we are 25, we're not married and all of that. Yeah, like the and the genes will start like the the biological needs will will bite you like uh, eventually, like uh, I'm talking generally about us, um, me included. And um, for example, like if you study the teenage years, like teenage crisis, teenage crisis wouldn't have existed if it weren't for this highly intellectual society, which, is, which doesn't mean intellectuality is bad, but the excessiveness of uh, thinking is bad. Because thinking is catabolic. Thinking what, it, what, what thinking does is it makes you think and Think again and try to solve problems from the mental without being in the physical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like people who have depression. They're like, oh, how am I? Okay, let's get out of the depression. You can't do that. You have to to move. The body is is meant to move and to break stuff to uh, find problems and find solutions to them in order to move because depression depression comes from like. Suppression, repression, and then depression, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you study the polyvagal theory, it's actually the vagus nerve shuts down your emotions because it feels like it's not, easy, it's not safe to release your emotions. Okay. And then you feel dissociation, which the body, as a coping mechanism, sends all of your energy to the mental. Right. Like you don't feel, even if you eat, you don't feel the pleasure. I don't know, if some, a lot of people have been through this. I've been through this. I don't know if you've been through this, like where you had like, if you had dissociation, you couldn't feel anything, like no pleasure. I think, um, I think only when I was sick. Ah. Yeah. Like I never, I never, I never got depressed to the, to the extent that I don't feel anything. I always enjoy food, man. <laughs> <laughs> High fructose corn syrup and all of that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, so, like especially meat and barbecue and those. Oh, things. you love meat. You're a meat eater, yeah. I am meat Carnival. eater. I am a meat eater. Yeah, I mean, like regardless of how how depressed I am, I always enjoy those things. Mm. Like yeah. the steaks and everything. Like my God. Yeah. yeah. So you. So maybe if you've been through a, a some level of dissociation, you could express that. Like you you could um, like you could ex not express but experience that. Yeah. And uh, for me, I've been through these periods of dissociation where I couldn't even feel anything. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because the mind was fueling my body with all of these unrealistic thoughts. Yeah. Because a thought, what it does, like thoughts are masculine in nature and feelings are feminine. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so thought, a thought enters 
okay, or the mind, the brain generates a thought, and then it affects the nervous system, okay, and then it, it, it's sort of like a, an emotion is born out of it. This is like, it's like sexual intercourse. This is why understanding the, the symbols and the archetypes is very important, because you can know the dance between them. A thought is like a seed, and then it, it, it's planted, and then it, uh, something is born out of it, yeah? There's mm -hmm. the harvest, yeah? yeah? But, like, if we, do, if we keep thinking about our problems and not doing things about them, we'll, we'll still be trapped in the shackles of the mind. Yeah. This is my biggest thing. Uh, I've been reading about this for years, and then I understood this simply. L this is what, what's important about, this is what's fascinating about uh, understanding something. You keep studying all these complex ideas, but then, the thing you understand, like the fruit of it, it's just, like it's just like standing up and sitting on a chair. You understand it, you're like, oh, okay, it's very simple now. Yeah, Did like that happen to you? It's like now I understand something. Well, I mean, it doesn't happen that like simplicity, like it doesn't happen those simple things, but like, mm. it does happen when, so when you're so confused and you're so, uh, um, yeah, confused about how something works. Mm. And then you finally understand it. It happens also with the ideologies. Um, for example, like especially religious texts. And uh, I don't think that someone can understand religion perfectly like the first time they, they read. Um, like, for example, they read the Quran or something. Mm. Sometimes with experiences in life, you understand what that means. What, like, uh, and, and this happened to me many times. Mm. Um, like you understand, for example, how like he sometimes uh, like he shouldn't be mad and uh, angry and uh, wherever uh, because something bad happens to you because that bad thing could could bring really good effect on your life mm. and sometimes you're happy and everything is cool but your life is actually getting getting worse mm. you know um, so many things do not work based on feelings. Just because you feel good about something doesn't mean it's good for you. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Just because you feel bad about something doesn't mean it's bad for you. Yeah. It could be like really good for you. Yeah. Um, true. True. That's very true. Like, uh, okay. So I've been. Uh, do we have? Do we still have time? Yeah, we got a couple of minutes. We got a couple, couple of minutes. minutes. Yeah, a couple of minutes, and then we're gonna wrap up. Okay. So, me as a male, as a 25-year-old male, spent four years of my life healing my traumas okay mm -hmm. it's like oh this is how you understand your emotions and all of that but i've done something wrong about it all right because i was healing and following my emotions which is really bad if you follow your emotions something bad will happen feel your emotions because it, when you feel them you release them good you let go of them good so feeling does not mean doing okay so the sex energy is doing because doing is physical it's creation and the sex energy is all about creation yeah creativity you create babies and then the heart energy is about feeling feeling the ting and then the mind energy is all about thinking and then the spirit energy is all about revelation this is what you were talking about you can't understand things until they are revealed They're to you yeah exactly revealed and Whoever, I don't like, I don't want to talk, I'm a Muslim, but I don't like to like spreading and telling people what they believe in because I know we live in a different time now. But you all, the revelation is the biggest answer. Like, for example, I think it would be cool to, to make it easy for them to understand the revelation by, by talking about your stories. Like, yeah. for example, by, by explaining, like instead of saying, do this, you explain why doing this is good and mm. why not doing this is actually bad. You just, so it's more like argumentative speech. It's not mm. like you do this just because that's how it's supposed to be. Like no, like mm. you do this because this and that, and if you don't do this, you're gonna, your life is gonna become bad, and you see? Um, and I really like uh, religious speeches that are based on arguments. Mm. Yeah, yeah, whatever, continue to what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, interrupting. No, you, you actually put, like you added to what, what I'm about to say, and uh, Robert Moore, okay, I'm gonna explain this. I had uh, huge problems with anger, and I used to follow my anger, and I used to ex like hit people outside. I've always done like uh, martial arts in my life, and I've always been like someone who likes to fight, you know? Yeah. I think it's in my genes, maybe. So, what used to happen, I, I started suppressing my emotions, which is really bad, 
And then what, I start, what after that, I started feeling them and exploring this anger. But I was acting on it. Now what I understood is, after studying Robert Moore, Robert Moore has this symbol in the psyche okay. called, the, called the, the well of gold. Yeah. He said that the strongest gold is tested by the hottest of fires. And anger is actually fire because it's the element of anger is fire. It's explosive. It's very like volatile. Yeah. So a strong person who is not one who suppresses his anger, but it's one who contains his anger. Mm -hmm. You know, so what it means is that when you are angry, you feel the anger. Maybe you can release it on something on like a container can be uh, can be a punching bag, can be like you squeeze a towel and you scream, can be running, can be doing all of these physical things. Yeah. You contain it, you don't follow it, and the, you can reap the gold. You can reach the well of gold. And there you can get the gold, which is the, the, the power and the possibility of you containing the anger. And you're like, you, you'll be able to say, hey, I'm really angry right now, but I will treat you well. I will do this to you because I, am, I know how to react. I know how to act. Mm -hmm. And my anger will have its own place. I know how to contain my anger. This is like very different than suppressing the anger, than saying, oh, I'm not angry. And then you've got like uh, your muscles clinch and you can't really breathe. Yeah, suppressing it, yeah. Yeah. But if you go breathe into it and... Yeah, this is like a you good... You actually embrace it. Yeah. yeah. And this is good with debates too. If you're, if you're debating a loved one, like you're in a, like in a dispute or something, mm. you can use this. You can... Okay? Instead of yelling and shouting, be wise, contain it, yeah. not, not control it, don't control it, contain it. It's, very, it's a very energetic thing to understand, like, you, you can only feel it, I can feel, like, right now I can see myself controlling my anger, which is like this, you know, <laughs> uh, contracting my muscles, yeah. but containing it is actually softening into the anger and not following it. For, this is why, where real power, there is a book, excuse me, <laughs> almost no, spat okay. onto this, there is a, this book called Power Versus Force by Stephen, uh, Stephen Hawkins, Ho or Hopkins, Hawkins. He talks about how force, uh, how power is better than force. Force is it's like this, but power is like, for example, let me give you an example. Hey, stop doing that. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want you to do that to me. Power. Hey, stop doing that. I do not allow you to do that. Mm. Yeah, this yeah. is... Power versus force. And he actually talks about emotions, like from fear, lust, despair, anger. Anger is better than fear, <laughs> actually, you know? Like, if you are afraid, no, contain the anger. And it's something that I'm doing, like I keep doing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So let's, uh, let's repeat this for the last time. Uh, so for people who want to check your work, they go to Jihad. Jihad Delicious the on Jihad Instagram. Delicious on Instagram. What about YouTube? Do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, YouTube channel called uh, Seeds of Algeria. Okay, go check Seeds of Algeria. Jihad, thank you so much for, for coming. And uh, hopefully we're going we're gonna to also uh, have you again. Of course, this, uh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love that. All yeah, right, thank take you. Care. Cheers. Bye.